0: You're listening to
2: a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.
0: Mamma Mia, out loud! Hello and welcome to Mamma Mia Out Loud. It's what women are talking about on Friday, November the 4th and I am Holly Wainwright. I am Mia Friedman. I'm Jessie Stevens. And on the show today, why everyone is furious with Rihanna and what it has to do with Johnny Depp. Plus, why are we so weird about only children and our best and worst of the week, which includes meds, our Wednesday guest host and my hard launch. But first, Jessie, time for some spruiking. You're very good at this. This is my favourite type
1: of content is when we yell at our listeners to vote for us in the Australian Podcast Awards. They are just around the corner and there is a Listener's Choice Award. We need to explain this to you. Life Uncut has won the last two years. Do we love Life Uncut? Absolutely. They are friends of they ours. They are friends. They are fabulous.
2: I just bloody interviewed them for No Filter. Why did I do that? Well, don't <laughs> let them. They better not have plugged.
1: <laughs> you know what you should do? Use the fact people will listen to that and then at the beginning, at the end of No Filter, go vote for Mir Out Loud and Listener's Choice. Oh! I should have, I should have oh. just locked
2: them in the podcast studio. Exactly, Brit so they couldn't Laura do any more promo.
1: Back. Look, we need to beat them. We love them and it's, it's great It's a point of honour out loud. Yes. So please, there is a link in our show notes. We're going to be harassing you for the next few weeks. Please vote for us. We love popularity contests. We've never won one. So link in the show notes. Please love you. Thank you.
2: When I'm giving gifts, I definitely like them to be a surprise. Absolutely. And I manage until the end. I'm a good secret keeper. Now, in case you missed it, Goop is full of shit. <laughs> How dare you? Quite literally. Halloween. May have just been and gone on Monday, but it's now officially the lead up to Christmas. What's more Christmas than the Goop annual gift guide? Now, this is an incredibly clever marketing exercise done by Gwyneth and her website Goop, where they put together a list of exorbitant, luxurious, absurd gifts. That no one really is going to buy.
1: There's just a chunk of gold and they suggest yeah. you use it as a paperweight.
2: Oh, I love it. <laughs> Who so has paper? This so this year the theme actually does appear to be poo because there's like a designer poo bag holder.
1: It's only like six $700.
2: There is also neon coloured toilet paper.
1: Mm-hmm. which
2: just makes me want to cross my legs. Yeah. And there is a literal bag of shit. It is LA celebrity compost. I don't even know what that even oh means. My God. It's tied up with a ribbon. It's fertilizer. I don't know what you, you know, you put it on your garden. I think it's just over $100,
1: which I was like that's actually very good value. For the good gift guide. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the greatest steal. A bag like of it's literally 100 bucks.
2: But
0: 100 bucks. I think that in a world where we're seeing, as we saw on Q&A yesterday, that people are choosing between food and medication, what everybody really needs this Christmas is a Louis Vuitton skimboard to take to yep. the beach. What's a skimboard is like a tiny, meany, weeny little surfboardy thing that you like skim. Oh. You know. And it you costs $2,500. And if I go to the beach and I see someone with a Louis Vuitton skimboard, I'm just going to go over and trip them up on purpose.
2: Well, yeah. I found what I'm buying you too. For the bargain basement price of $375, you can get this little black silk bag and it's to put your baguette in. Okay, I liked that. When you <laughs> buy like a baguette, not a baguette bag that used to be on Sex and City, but an actual bread baguette. Yeah. So, you know, who needs a paper bag? Certainly don't want a plastic bag. It's got like little bows on it and that sounds great. <laughs> The way I choose every person that's going to be in this show is I want people to feel represented.
0: What happens when everyone is not on the same page about who is cancelled and who is not? First looks at the Savage Fenty Lingerie Fashion Show have shown us that among the incredibly diverse range of models who are dancing in a kind of enchanted forest because it's a virtual show, One Mr. Johnny Depp makes an appearance, walking from one tree to another, looking for all the world like Jack Sparrow in a kind of like tasteful beige
2: hessian sack. I have a question already, apart from WTF. Hmm. My question is, so it used to be the Victoria's Secret show was the big lingerie show every year, all the supermodels, all the celebrities would be in it, there'd be pop stars, blah, blah, and it would be televised. Now, that doesn't happen anymore. That's been cancelled. Has the Fenty show, like, replaced that? So now there's a TV special? so it's available for streaming. Not yet, but Mm -hmm. soon.
0: So we've seen a preview. So it's already happened. So it happened and it leaked yesterday because it's already happened. It's ready and previews are out to media, right? But (sighs) it's not actually streaming till next week. Now, if you're not familiar with Fenty Savage X, it's Rihanna's brand, which is why the internet is specifically furious with her She's the boss of Fenty. She is the brains behind how diverse the casting is and the shows have become very famous, as you say, Mia. Mm. Just like her beauty line, Fenty, well, her and her clever team, one assumes, have really rewritten the rules about beauty and models and aspiration in this stuff.
2: And part of the reason that Victoria's Secret as a brand and that fashion show completely looked so dated and got axed in the end is because of Fenty people really credit Fenty as being quite groundbreaking in the way that that Rihanna has always used Really diverse models, models of different abilities, of different ages, of different skin colours, of different sizes. And of different reputations, it
0: seems, because the criticism aimed at Rihanna, who is notably a survivor of domestic abuse herself, comes from many corners. Some are saying that she's misreading her market as the younger Mm. millennials and Gen Zers who all love Fenty do not love Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, as many of you will know, has mostly been talked about over the past few years in the context of his very high profile court cases with his ex wife Amber Heard, who has alleged that he was abusive towards her. He balled up his fists, leaned back, and headbutted me square in the nose.
1: But never did I myself reach the point of um, striking. Misheard.
0: And he countersued for defamation in two jurisdictions, in Britain and in America. In Britain, he lost his libel lawsuit against the son, which meant that in Britain the description of him as a wife beater stood. But in the US, he broadly won his defamation case against her. So it's complicated, right? So does that complex. mean
2: he's guilty of domestic abuse or not guilty of domestic no, abuse? you can't really... Say but that. then
1: in the UK, there were 12 counts and the judge said that they found
2: them to be true. And 12 counts of him allegedly yes, beating um, up using his, wife, yes, his wife. Yes,
1: the judge said Amber Heard was, you know, absolutely within her right to fear for her life. But, of course, it was a libel case, so it wasn't about convicting Johnny Depp of domestic violence, mm. but basically wife beater stood.
0: But in the US, a similar trial where... It's complicated, but Depp was then suing Herd for referring to herself as a survivor of domestic abuse and he was saying that defamed me and that judge found in favour of him. So this is murky, murky territory, right? And for context, Depp has been cancelled by some quarters and not others, right? So A-list movie jobs are thin on the ground for Depp over the past few years, but he has appeared on stage playing guitar in arenas in Britain. He is in an arty French movie next year. And so he's sort of been half cancelled. Do you know what I mean? So the people at Furious at Rihanna see it that she's let us all down, making this very deliberate decision to shine a literal spotlight on him. She's got people in the show who are having 30 seconds of a kind of spotlight and he's in one of them and literally all he does in it is walk as models do, I guess, is walk towards the camera and then walk over to a tree and give it a little cuddle. So some people are saying she's let us all down. Others are saying is she making a statement that we've all misconstrued or is she just
2: trolling for headlines? Mia, what do we think? I just don't understand why. Like of Mm. all the people she could have chosen, she's smart and she didn't need this kind of publicity because you cannot argue that this is good publicity, whether you believe that Johnny Depp is a wife beater or not. You don't ever want your brand associated with that. I just don't understand it. Like I really, of all the people she could have chosen, she of course was a victim of domestic abuse as you said. Chris Brown, I don't know how much she's spoken about it since but I just don't get it. It's an interesting point because she has always refused to be kind of cast
0: or to talk outwardly in the way that I think a lot of people want, in inverted commas, a victim of Domestic abuse, to speak, she's never sort of given everybody what they want yeah. in terms of saying condemning him, particularly Chris mm. Brown, her abuser. Or it's worth noting that Johnny Depp isn't the only person who's in this show. So when you say she could have chosen anyone, she chose lots of other people too. Cara Delevingne walks in it, another trouble. Yeah, but she's a model. Star.
2: Johnny Depp is an old man. Yeah, I totally with, get it, but um, uh, who he's... doesn't look good on a cat? You know what I mean? It's not like he's Brad Pitt. Look, there aren't a lot of
1: men in this and she's not known for doing male models so definitely choosing Johnny Depp was very very purposeful and to suggest that this like this is definitely going to rehabilitate Johnny Depp's brand and it looks like a purposeful move towards that so part of me is like has Rihanna mismooded or completely misunderstood the vibe or am I misunderstanding the vibe like in Hollywood or in LA maybe the sense is this poor man needs to be you got to remember,
0: like the thing is, is that we're talking about that as if everybody is on the same yeah, page. Yeah. They're not. Johnny no. Depp was got mm. an unprecedented amount of support when he was in these cases. Lots from women, lots mm. from young women. Look at the crowds outside. Look at the yeah. vitriol. The thing that is most disturbing to me about this whole situation that is the vitriol directed at Amber Heard by women on social media is extraordinary. So she may have mismooded to us in a particular woke corner, but I think it's not necessarily true.
1: Exactly. And I kept thinking what a statement it would have been to showcase Amber Heard, like to have her. What kind of statement would that have sent? I wouldn't have
2: done any of it because all of this detracts from the Savage Fenty brand and from Rihanna and from what she's doing and from every other person on that catwalk, I don't understand. She's turned this into a referendum. She's Mm. turned her whole brand and the biggest thing she'll do with her show this year into a referendum about whether you're Team Johnny or not. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like why? I was looking at this and going, okay, Johnny Depp, as you say, he's been half cancelled, but the closer that you look into it, every movie that he has done in the last 10 years has been a flop. He is known for showing up and not remembering his lines Mm -hmm. and being under the influence of alcohol. So the fact that he's been half cancelled from jobs has more to do with the fact he's shit at his job than it is Mm -hmm. to do with the accusations of domestic violence. Amber Heard today, the headline about Amber Heard is that she's deleted her, her Twitter account, right? She is in literal hiding. She's in Spain with her daughter in this little village. She doesn't see anyone. She doesn't work. She is in millions of dollars' debt because of, of what happened. And people always forget the UK libel case. Like, yeah. I believe that, that if you go into a courtroom and you are found innocent, then innocent till proven guilty. I believe all of that. But this man has so many strikes against his name. And even if he got off on that recent case, do people not remember the text messages? The homophobic, yeah, yeah. sexist, misogynistic, violent text messages? Yeah, recordings. His brand
2: is revolting. So why? No matter what you think of Johnny Depp, I cannot get my head around the business decision of Rihanna because no. she's so smart. What I really think is
0: that there's a big undercurrent, and I'm not saying that I feel this way because mm. I feel about Johnny Depp the way that you've just articulated, Jesse. when a regardless of the judge's findings, the evidence that I saw presented in that courtroom tells me everything I need to know mm. about who Johnny Depp is. But I feel like there is a big rebellious counter surge there of like stop telling us who we can and yeah. can't hire, mm. work with, why should we, you know, and I feel like people like Rih- Rihanna's never towed the line particularly. She's never been partic- Like She's really interesting and bold in her choices as you say the way she's reinvented lingerie shows is one of them but she's never particularly shied away from being around controversial figures in music I think there's a kind of F you to the culture in a way of in saying I'm not following all your little rules if I think he's edgy and interesting and I want to put him in my show I'm going to do it Mm -hmm. sue me you know what I mean I think there's a vibe of that bubbling away here
1: Maybe there's a contest for lonely children after this. It's only children, DW. A lonely child is what you're going to be when I sell you. I came across a great article this week titled Why Are People Weird About Only Children? And it turns out that almost all of our assumptions about only children are wrong, which is particularly relevant in the context of sort of modern Australia where more people now have only children than ever before in history. The reason as well I think I I leaned into this is because so many of my friends are planning families and and looking at having kids and you hear so often people talk about the importance of siblings and, oh, I want them to have a brother or a sister or or someone I, I think that's really important. And I thought, I wonder what the evidence is to suggest that that's better or worse for a child. And that's been put under the microscope. So this article starts with the stereotypes and that is that an only child is lonely that they're precocious, that they're selfish or they're spoiled, they're deprived of childlike friendships and instead they're forced to grow up too quickly, right? The author even made the point, which is really true, that when you ask people about their future, you say, when are you going to have kids? You never ask, when are you going to have a child? There's an assumption that you'll have multiple ones. Recent data suggests that 86% of people reckon that families should have at least two children. So what are the facts Only children tend to be closer with their parents. They interact with teachers more easily because they're used to talking Mm. to people older than them. There are actually higher intelligence scores in childhood. That evens out into adulthood, but often it's found that they're sort of more ambitious and they think that's because educational and financial resources in the family unit are put into that one person. And there are no notable disadvantages to being an only child. I want to know why we are still so socially uncomfortable with it. Mia, you're a kind of almost only child.
2: Yeah, I am. I have only child rising because I have an older brother, but because he's seven years older than me and we have different fathers, I'm the only child of my parents' marriage and I spend a lot of time just with them as an only child. You said there's no disadvantage to it. I don't agree. I think there's two really important parts of having a sibling. Firstly, you've got someone to bitch with about your parents. That's
1: really important. Someone else that
2: understands the weirdness of them, the fucked up parts of them, the funny parts of them. No one else can understand that like a sibling. And the other thing is when your parents get older, you've got someone to share the burden of that with. Mm. The physical burden of the financial burden, deciding what to do with them, the emotional burden of you know, as they get older, they might be unwell, you might need to decide to put them into care. I've seen that really, really hit hard for a lot of only children that a lot of weight falls on them.
1: I agree, but I will say I know a lot of people who have multiple siblings and yet, particularly if you're a woman, yeah, particularly true. if you live like closer to them, the responsibility of looking after the parents falls on them and sometimes there are siblings that just tap out so it's not necessarily that um it's not the fail safe yeah exactly I, holly what do you I reckon i also
0: think most of the only children i know my dad's an only child got friends who are find other ways of building those family connections i think there's a lot of guilt on parents who either decide or through circumstance only have one child because people project all this stuff mm. onto them like how could you do that that's so selfish a, we can't control everything in life, so that might just be how it is, right? I'm having one, that's it. Other people are one and done because that's the choice they've made. And I see a lot of people getting more and more creative about ways to build their support networks, as I say. So Lies, our producer, who's an only child, she grew up in the country and she went to boarding school. And she talks about that being, you know, a way of like knitting together this community around her of, of other kids. My dad always says he had a lot of cousins around him. They were very close. I think family can be all kinds of different things. It doesn't have to be your siblings. So I don't know why we insist on continually telling everybody that there's a perfect number.
1: Do you think that it's a conspiracy? I like going down the conspiracy angle because – the government, in capital letters, want us to have more babies. Well,
0: remember when Peter Costello wanted everyone to have three? I listened. One for mum, one for dad, and one for the country. Yes. Oh, my God. Well,
1: apparently this kind of myth started in the 1800s. They started for two reasons. The first was because if you're an only child, you literally lived on a farm with just your parents and it was really hard. Like you had no child. And you
2: needed more kids to do all the work. Exactly. And also probably they would die. Some of them. Yes, yes. And the second
1: reason that this kind of myth started is because they seriously needed people to have like 10 kids for the population. So they mm-hmm. were like, no, no, one, one child, bad, bad, got to have eight. One of my best mates growing up was one of 10, mum was one of seven, lots and lots. There are pros and cons because, you know, we have this uncle who was in this family of seven. He was a man never designed to be in a big family, <laughs> you know? Like he was designed to be an only child.
2: Yeah, right. And...
1: I think you assume – I'm fascinated
2: by people who come from really large families. I think we can define a really large family as more than five children. Yeah. Probably. I'd say more than four. More than four. Maybe more than four children. Because I
1: grew up with four and I've become obsessed, and we've had this discussion a lot, with family planning and going, oh, but I'm going to have one and then I need to have a sibling and then I need Mm. to blah, 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 blah. And this really challenged me because – My sibling relationships are the most important relationships in my life. But also, I guess you don't know what you don't have. And as you say, you create incredibly strong bonds with friends. And I've always wondered if cousins play the same role. And some of us live in cities, which means that we have more access to other kids and they're going to daycare and blah, 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 blah. I think you do only
0: know what you know, right? Because I think that... You are very close to your siblings and they're a big part of your life, and you talk to them daily and you work with one of them and all mm. those things. That's not everybody's experience. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that no we, one can push your buttons. We like have a to be wary of looking at the things that we do and don't like about our own experience and thinking that's right and know universal. Know I mean? like, exactly. Lots of people have siblings who they don't get along with or who they're not close with. Also, if you put too much expectation on all these things as a parent, Jesse and me and I have this argument all the time about how much you can and can't control in life. Your kids might not get
2: along. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? They might not want to be close Does and talking to each, each other on the along? phones all the time.
2: But Because I was I- going to say in favour of having more than one child is it's so beautiful seeing them interact but I can't think of a single time <laughs> that it was beautiful <laughs> I mean, right? to see my children interact. <laughs> you can't
1: engineer closeness, like not no, really. And we fought for 20 years yeah. and only as adults do you kind of go, oh, we've actually got a lot in common and – Let's go to dinner and bitch about mum and dad. That's really kind of the big. It's the best part. Yeah. Mamma Mia Out Loud. If you want to make Out Loud part of your routine five days a week, we release segments on Tuesdays and Thursdays just for Mamma Mia subscribers. To get full access, follow the link in the show notes and a big thank you to all our current subscribers.
0: Best and worst of the week, I'm going to go first. My worst of the week is that our tour finishes tomorrow.
2: It does.
0: We it are doing went really fast. I know. We're doing our last two shows tomorrow in Sydney. I hope that many of you who are listening are going to come. We're doing an afternoon show and an evening show back-to-back. We've never done that before. Now, as you can probably tell from my voice a little bit, I am quite tired. So I am – there's a bit of me that's like mm. – <laughs> it's been a lot, maybe a lot of talking. But I am also sad because, as Mia talked about last week, the camaraderie has been amazing. Meeting Out Louders has been amazing. So there is a bit of me that's like oh. – I know. That was something I've been
2: looking forward to all year. And also it's over. the attention. Oh yeah. Oh, For sure. we the don't get enough applause. No. Being on stage and hearing people like laughing or yeah. clapping. You can see it. why it's addictive. On the podcast we just have to imagine it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm skimming over my worst because I have a really good best out louders. And that is that we have a new family member. In our Are you pregnant? <laughs> that would be a story, wouldn't it? Should I do it for content? Yeah. <laughs> subs episode, subs episode. We have a new puppy. So lots and lots of Outlouders would know Yay. that a couple of months ago we lost our beloved family dog, Elvie. And since we lost her, for a start, Outlouders have been among the most supportive and helpful in looking for her while she was missing because for a week we didn't know where she was. And also, as a lot of dog people, listen to Out Loud, mm. we're a cast of dog people, have just expressed so much empathy at how it feels to lose a pet. Mm. And for the first month or so after she went, everybody was saying, get another dog, get another dog. And I was uh, like. Including me. Including me. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I don't we, know if that's disrespectful, but we're just no, we, yeah. no, yeah. sending it, pictures of dogs. I was yeah. upset by this. Okay, good. I
0: was just like, it's too soon yeah. and we can't replace Elvie. And we haven't replaced Elvie, but we have welcomed a beautiful little puppy into our house. She is called Tuna. It's it's my
1: favourite name. It's my favourite name. Tuna
0: like the fish. Yep, Tuna like the fish. She came to us with that name, if you're asking, and we were thinking about changing it for about five minutes and then we were just like, no, it's cute. She is Tuna. It's staying. And she is a rescue puppy like Elvie was. So the same organisation that found us Elvie, they're called Fetching Dogs had a puppy, we decided we were ready, we jumped. What breed is she? Well, it's unclear. Yeah,
1: always un- a bit unclear. Uh,
0: as is often the case with yeah. rescues. We may get her tested at the vet. You can do that. Mm-hmm. She's definitely got some staffy. She's in definitely her, like, got some be. staffy. She's got quite long legs. She's white with black spots. The are pictures on our socials this afternoon and I've also written a story about the very complicated emotions of mm. grieving your old dog while learning to love a little puppy. She has brought so much joy into our house. We've had her for two weeks now. She has brought so much joy into our house. It doesn't paper over the loss of our dog. Mm. We're never going to forget Elvie. My kids will be talking about Elvie when they're adults, as we all do. Like, you know, our first family dog was called Elvie and she disappeared one day. And that's part of our story forever. But hearing silly voices, like, you know how you talk to dogs (laughs) like you don't talk to anyone else. (laughs) Like hearing silly voices in the house, being greeted by this happy little puppy. Yes, she's chewing everything. (laughs) Yes, the house is a disaster area. But just has brought so much joy back to our house so we couldn't be happier and mm. yeah, tuna. tuna
2: is our best, my best of the week. That's beautiful way. news. Mia. My worst of the week was I uh, was asked to go and introduce Sally Hepworth, who is an author, friend of the show, friend of us personally, and was co-hosting on Wednesday. After the show on Wednesday that evening, Sally was doing a book event in Sydney with another author who was interviewing her called Jessica Detman. And I'd been invited to come and introduce the two of them. And you guys were going to be there and you were in fact there. And you left earlier than me because you had other things to do before you went. And I was in the office and it was 5.30 and I was like, oh, I've got so much time because we only had to be there at 6.15 for a 6.30 start. I stayed in the office and then suddenly I looked at my watch and it was like 6.20 and I'm like, oh shit. And it was just around the corner. So I thought I'll be fine. So I get in the car, can't find the address, find the address, put it into my sat nav Get there, can't find a park, of course, hadn't thought about that. I'm now really late. Ended up parking illegally, knew that was going to cost me hundreds of dollars, was feeling just sick about how I was late and unprepared. Then my phone started ringing and I knew it was someone asking where I was. I couldn't work it out and I tried to call Holly. Holly didn't answer. I was so late. I was so upset and I was nearly crying and I was just – All of these things and it was just ADHD, like I'd misjudged the time, I'd been disorganised and I just had this overwhelming feeling of distress and self-loathing and all of those things that I'd let everybody down, that it was just my own fault, that it was so unnecessary, it didn't have to happen, I'd done it again, you know, that feeling?
1: Hang on, what you did do that you left out of that story is compose yourself because you said afterwards, you messaged us, You got up. I thought the introduction was brilliant.
2: Oh my God. And then then I got up, and then I was so late, I had to just literally walk straight onto the stage. I had. Some notes on my phone which I thought for you was very prepared. I just got them copied and pasted into a file and got someone to email them to me. But I couldn't read them then because they were so small. I was so flustered, I realized that I suddenly panicked. Is it Jessica Detman? Is there a different way of pronouncing her name? I didn't know what to say. I was just so flustered. I blurted all out. I forgot to mention the name of Sally's book. I just felt like such a jerk! I could tell.
0: I was standing over near the bar, and I always had that feeling, of like, oh, Mia will be really,
2: I, like, I yeah, could, you I could knew, feel right? you, yeah, that, that you were. And that, I just no. thought my friend asked me to do this thing, and it was it's an important thing, and I f- fucked it.
0: Nah, you didn't. fuck it. And I just sat
2: down, and I was just in this spiral of self-loathing. And Sally was amazing, and Jessica was amazing, and the night was amazing. And then I left, and I texted you guys, going, even for me, that was just appalling. Blah blah. Anyway, the best part of my week was. The next day I dragged Sal in here to do a no filter and have a chat about our ADHD and I was just talking her through what had happened the day before and she related so much and she said, oh, my God, I know that feeling and she said, it's the feeling of confusion and I thought, it's confusion. That's what it is. Mm. It's a distressing part of confusion because it's like I'm so confused this is too hard, it's not fair, I need someone to help me. But, like, I'm a grown fucking 51 We shouldn't have left her woman. on her own in the yeah. office. That's the
0: key to this. No. I should have and brought
2: I, her. I, I was just like I need someone to take care of me. There's too many. And you might think, oh, you're just lazy and late no. and whatever. But there was too many steps. It's like mm. I didn't know. I had to leave. I had to go somewhere I wasn't familiar with. I had to be there by a certain time. I had to find it on the street. I had to park my car. And when there's something like that, everybody's ADHD is different. But for me and for Sal as well, it's mm. really confusing and the confusion brings with it distress, distress and self-loathing. So the good part was that I felt really seen. There was a word for that feeling, mm. which I loved, that Sal gave me. And we just had such a fantastic conversation about all the things that we find challenging, all the opportunities that we feel, all the good things that we feel that ADHD's brought and I just am really grateful that I've got this close friend that I can talk to about all of that.
1: My worst of the week is that someone very close to me is transitioning on to antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication. And you always forget how hard that like couple of weeks can be. They are so sick, can't get out of bed. What?
0: Why? Yeah, I didn't have any It's effects. very
1: individual. But there can just be a really bad reaction. I remember going on one antidepressant once and the next day I vomited and fainted like my body just went nut and it's just depending on your body, it's completely random. And so the real kind of shit bit is that you're already not doing well, you know? Like when you're going on that kind of medication, you're having a really rough time and then you do that and then you're sick on top of it. Why does it have
2: to be harder?
1: Exactly. Why does it have to be harder? The book that I'm writing at, at the moment is kind of about some of the this stuff and about medication and, and depression and the acknowledgement. I've written an acknowledgement, which makes me feel like.
0: I love that you've already written it. Uh, of course I have. <laughs> I haven't
1: finished the book. No, oh. I have like half a book to That's write. very hope of you. I write the an acknowledgement and it says, to everyone in my life I wish was happier. And this is like the Ooh. people, I just feel like I'm surrounded yeah. by particular people. You just want to go, if I could give you anything in the world I would just wrap up happiness and just give it to you and go I'd sacrifice anything and so to see this has just been a awful my best is speaking of awards which we did at the beginning mum mirror out loud has been nominated for a spotlight award which is fab but cancelled the other podcast I do with my twin sister Claire has been nominated for best comedy podcast the reason this is my best is because I have sat at those awards and it is man after man after man after mm. man. The comedy charts are dominated by Australian men, which... So true. Th- like Hamish Nandy, and one of the funniest podcasts ever made, right? Like I I love comedy and I love male comedians.
2: They've so, had their turn.
1: But they've had their turn. And <laughs> I remember growing up and like when I started at Mamma Mia, we've all been saying it for years, which is yeah. there is this gap when it comes to women making comedy you know, it was a really scary thing to do. When you put comedy on something, you're like, "Oh shit, better be funny." Yeah. Whereas on this, you know, no one expects <laughs> us to be funny, nah. so it's great. <laughs> With that, it, it felt like a real risk. And then to see cancelled nominated has just been a really good day. Where you go, "Oh, that's a good thing for women everywhere because women can be funny too." So also, out loud, Chelsea, as we will put awards. a link, I love a word, uh, but
2: I never the win show them. notes for voting. Please vote for both for Mumia out loud and also for cancelled
0: got a recommendation before you go and Mia and I have the same one because we came into the office this morning and I was like, I've changed my recommendation for the week. It's got to be this. Mia's like, that was my recommendation too. We are consuming the same book in different ways. I am audio booking and Mia is actually reading Matthew Perry's biography. Matthew Perry, the Friends actor. It's called Friends, Lovers and the Big Terrible Thing. I'm listening to it because I exclusively read fiction, really, in proper books. Mm-hmm. But when I'm driving, which I'm doing a lot at the moment, obviously, up and down the coast, I love listening to audiobooks, nonfiction, especially read by authors. And this is perfect.
2: So he read it. I can't believe because his speech is very compromised. It's very effective. As we saw by his addiction. So the very. Big, terrible thing is his addiction that he's had since he was a teenager, and really. And
1: what is the addiction? So like, he's addicted oh. to
0: um, opioids and alcohol. We're actually going to talk about it on Sub's episode soon because there is so much to mm-hmm. talk about in there. I want to talk about it for hours. But mm-hmm. the overwhelming theme of it for me is just how enormous addiction can be for a person because he talks about how from the first drink he ever had as a teenager – he was always going to be an addict and how he has literally spent 30 years and spent $7 million, he puts a dollar figure on it, trying to get rid of this addiction. He has been through induced detox 65 years times. He's been in rehab more than 17 times. One of the anecdotes in it that I just found really enlightening to remember about addiction is he talks about how his father was a drinker. He'd come home when he lived with his dad in his teens and his dad would pour himself a big vodka tonic and be like, oh, that's the best bit of my day. And he'd have like five, you know, Mm -hmm. five vodka tonics and go to bed. But he says that when his dad decided to stop drinking, that his dad said, I went for a walk had a big talk to myself and he never touched another drop.
2: Matthew yeah, Perry
0: stories said like that? I don't know how that And happens. Matthew Perry said, my dad went for a walk and quit booze. I have spent $7 million trying to beat this. And it's just extraordinary. He talks about how when Monica and Chandler got married on Friends, he was actually in rehab with a drip in his arm. He was in rehab in hospital nearly dying when he
2: signed a $50 million deal for the last few seasons it's of Friends. It's full on. There's a lot to unpack mm. and it is amazing. I'm surprised he did the audiobook because he lost his teeth. In the reunion episode of Friends, everyone was concerned. Like, he did not seem very well. So, yeah. He's still uh, not well. We like, highly recommend it's it. so good. We're going to talk about it more in a future episode, but get it in your eyes, your ears, however. And, of course, there's lots of Friends gossip in there and lots of celebrity mm. gossip in there. Matthew Perry, Friends, Lovers and the Big
0: Terrible Thing you want to listen to one more thing? On the segment for subscribers that we did yesterday we talk about what it's like putting together the Mamma Mia Out Loud live show
2: Yeah, what we're all like backstage how we prepare, how we plan what's going to be in the show
1: what we talk about backstage, what we don't what we eat. Yep.
2: We've all got very different ways (laughs) to approach the show and also very different ways that we behave backstage. So if you want all the behind the scenes gossip, whether you're coming to the show or not It's juicy. There's a link in the show notes. Thank you for
0: listening to Mamma Mia Out Loud. This episode is produced by Emma Gillespie with audio production from Leah Porges and assistant production from Susanna Makin. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
1: Big thanks to anyone listening who has become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Subscribers get access to every podcast, exclusive videos and all the great articles on Mama Mia. Subscriptions cost as little as $5.75 a month. There's a link in our show notes.